Blog Talk Radio.
Another episode on this blog talk platform This is your brother Seth And this is the Five Stone Network I do want to thank you for your time tonight I want to thank you for your time tonight Brothers and sisters Have a lot coming at you And I know y'all going to be excited about What we're going to be presenting here shortly On this Five Stone Network I say we but it's just going to be myself tonight But I think you're going to be excited Brothers and sisters as to what is about to trans- Transpire um, tonight, of course, Sunday night, 21st of October. October is just running past, isn't it? Look up, it was just the 1st of um, August, seemed like yesterday. But folks, we're here again uh, tonight, uh, well over 500 shows now. And um, just trying our best to uh, put out truth that will make you free. What do y'all think of that song? My God is awesome. That is one of the best rendering of that song I've heard. Uh, Mr. Jenkins, I did itself on that one. Very powerful song, though. Very powerful words. Um, I just want to thank again you for your time, brothers and sisters. Like I say, uh, so many of you are just doing, got your hands in so many irons, and you got you you on so many. Um, I guess I should say. Uh, just some of y'all are just really busy. So anytime you take time out of your busy schedule to be with us, we really, really appreciate it, okay? Um, uh, again, the systemic lives of white supremacy are our world's ruling religion. One more time. The systemic lives of white supremacy are our world's Ruling religion Make no qualms about it It is a religion uh, Brothers and sisters it, is, it has all the tenets to be The faith and religion it is You know re- uh, religion is Based in faith And it is a belief system Or uh, when I say faith I'm talking about belief And um, Brothers and sisters uh, To be honest with you This system has Many beliefs uh, many doctrines, many um, rules um, that people believe in and follow under this umbrella of white supremacy. And so um, it has all the tenets, folks. It has even a savior. It has even uh, its own Bible. It has its own Israelites. It has its own everything that the, the scriptures talk about. It has. Um, it basically what it's doing is just simply taking the same reality we have and just like I said last week it's just like putting on a pair of eyeglasses and looking at everything we look at it but through a, another lens so pretty much everything we see it's there in this religion uh, but it's just whitewashed so in other words 
This is why I say it has all the tenets to be a religion. It has its savior. It has its heaven. It has its hell. It has its saints. What are you talking about, Brother Seth? Right now, I'm defining white supremacy, and I'm saying to you, some of you have problems when I say it has its own savior. Let me explain just that one part right there. If you're so bent on a particular image to be your Lord and Savior, when somebody points out to you that that's not your Lord and Savior, and you will not relinquish what you hold to be uh, your Lord and Savior because you just want that to be. In other words, you so in, into the image that you have in your head that you refuse to walk in truth. That is an idol. That's 100% what an idol is. I said, that's 100% what an idol is. And so tonight, brothers and sisters, we're talking about that. I'm going to play that song again in the background because that was powerful. Again, our God is awesome, and uh, especially in the face of this giant. Our power that we have against this giant is awesome, I'll add. Okay, the saints uh, armed with this power against this giant is awesome. So this is not a show where we just glorify white supremacy and really, uh, in a reverse way, actually give it glory and its strength. This is lies. This systemic uh, system of lies. Nothing is true about white supremacy. It all is all a system based out of lies. And like I was saying, if you're more willing to hold on to the lies than to let go of the truth, you are, you're then become worshiping an idol and some people want to hold on to this a white image uh, more than they do who the father it really is so uh, who the savior really is so I, what i'm saying to you brothers and sisters is this when i say a white it has its own white bible if you have heard the truth and you you see the truth and you want to hold on to uh, a certain image because they look more like you. He can be black people trying to make him black when he wasn't. And you, you're willing to hold on to this image you have in your head over who the Savior was. And it wasn't based upon, it's really not about his color or how he looked. It was really about who he was and what he was teaching. But he did have a, a body, and it does describe his body in the scriptures. So we're not going to belittle the scriptures that talk about the physical body. And so... If you indeed see that this is the Savior, this is the Israelites, this is the heaven, this is the hell, or whatever you read in the scriptures, and you whitewash that and you want to hold on to that more than you do the truth, yes, my friend, that is idolatry and that is a religion. And that is what we're talking about tonight. Just That's just a fraction, a teeny tiny fraction, probably one hundredth of what I have to share on this topic with regards to the systemic lies of white supremacy or our world's ruling religion. So that's the show you got tonight. If you don't want to talk about that, you might want to scram because that's what we're talking about tonight, but we're going to hit it from all angles. Um, before I get into that more, let me just go over a few more things. Uh, brothers and sisters, again, uh, you tune into the Fastest Stone Network. I'm Brother Seth, the founder of the network. Tonight we don't have our co-host. It's just myself. I do this on Sunday nights where I go solo talking about this project, this book that I have in the making. And by the way, I solicit your prayers for this book. 
running into all types of procrastination and, and, and spiritual warfare and all types of things. It's just hindering me with this book, y'all. It takes a lot out of you to uh, go throughout the world pretty much with a with a um, fine tooth, a, 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 a um, fine brush or a white gloves looking for this this giant and, and, and articulating in a such a way that our people will comprehend and believe it and be delivered, not just our people, but the world, really. It takes a lot to do those things. So our white supremacy is not easy a lot of times talking about it. People get offended, especially if you start uh, calling it out in them, and they, they get so offended where they'll turn you off. And so it's not easy. It's not an easy topic talking about it uh, uh, because I, I believe that all of us have it in us. Especially, I'm talking about those raised in the West exclusively, and uh, it's not uh, made privy to uh, knowledge outside of the West. Uh, in other words, you haven't traveled to see the world outside of what the white man is saying. You haven't quite gotten to see religion outside of what the white man is saying. You haven't quite to see uh, the various people of the world outside of what the white men have to say about them. Haven't been able to see even the beauties of other countries outside of what the white man is saying. So pretty much those of us raised in the West is a product of the mind of white males. So whatever they fear, we fear. Whatever they're uh, feeling superior about, we feel superior about. So they have uh, pretty much brainwashed us to fear certain things, see a certain thing in a certain light, certain narrative. And so, brothers and sisters, the Father vehemently doesn't want us walking in that. He wants us free. I said the Father wants us free. So, so I play this song. Think about these things I'm saying. Folks, this is idolatry. I said this is idolatry. I said this is idolatry. It's another standard. It's another system of, of a measurement, and it comes against everything the kingdom of the Most High Yah is about. Follow white supremacy, and you'll wind up made in the image of white people. Follow the Most High and His Word, and you'll wind up in the image of Christ. I don't have it all. I don't know it all. I'm not even obedient to it all. And in many ways, I'm a hypocrite to this, my own teaching. I have never been able to live everything I teach. And I've never really, I don't think, met a person that lived everything I think they teach. But I'll tell you one thing. These lies, these systemic lies, they're real. And I hope you know what I'm talking about because if not, there's a good chance you're already a victim of them. Again, if you're raised in the West exclusively, how can you not be the product of the minds of white males? How can you not be a victim of the narrative that they put out there about who they are, who we are, and who everybody else is, and what history is all about, and what God is all about? Man, the Father's calling us to complete Deliverance and freedom from all standards, all lies on the planet. And white supremacy is just another one of those false 
idol, really a religion in the earth that's going to take you to hell. And I'm not talking about fire right now. I'm talking about the hell on earth. So before we go too deep, I just have to say that that is what we're talking about. And we're going to hit that definition a little harder to where some of you can see it in your own hearts. But for right now, let me just do a few things I have to do with every show. I want to just remind everybody that, again, we have over 500 shows and how to get those shows. It's very simple to get those shows. Just simply Google 5 Smooth Stone Blog Talk Radio. And you can, after that, Google White Supremacy if you want shows specifically on white supremacy or if you want shows on specific to anything we talk about. But probably what you should do is just Google Fives on Blog Talk Radio and just go to our front page. It's going to be that first result that pops up in Google. Click on that, and you have 21 pages of information, 21 pages of shows. Those shows are at least two hours each. So again, brothers and sisters, um, I want to also um, remind uh, you to um, follow us. Say it every week. Again, follow us, follow us, follow us. Many of you have been uh, really enjoying the different co-hosts. Some of y'all calling to your specific co-hosts or myself. Follow us and you get a notice sent to your email, your phone, or chime every time we own. Follow us. This is how this is how you do it on social media. You get these reminders sent to your phone, and you have to worry about keeping up with us. You can always just get rid of the reminder when it pops up on your phone. But if you want reminders sent to your Facebook or your email, I think even Twitter, I think even, uh, go ahead and follow us. Simply go to that blog talk. Uh, again, go back to Google, find some some blog talk radio, and when you come up on our pages, click the follow button and fill it in. It, and it, I, I don't know if it asked you to. It used to ask you to do a show, uh, or, or, or do you want to set up a show? And you say no. You just, you just simply want the information. So, no. By saying no, you just put a show out there, maybe five or ten years. You know, where you got where you won't be able to do it because it's so far out. Cause some of y'all, you know, you don't want to do no show. You just want to follow us. So just do that if it still asks you to do shows. But uh, folks, we are not playing. Over here at this network, and uh, we are talking about these five topics that have made many, many people free, and um, we think uh, it'll make you free if you just tune in and listen and quit. Don't always come to these shows late, but be on time where you can hear the whole thing. They will make you free. The information has made us free in areas, in areas of our life. We have been made free. Yes, we have. And we're testifying on this blog and sharing information that we know for sure. So follow us. Uh, It's not just those five topics, though. There's over uh, probably hundreds of topics here on this network, okay? But we talk about the five topics the most that we call the five smooth stones that was birthed out of five questions that I asked the most high. All right? Um, Also, brothers and sisters, if you're blessed by the show, like tonight, when we talk about white supremacy, simply, simply share the program. Why would you just hold up all the blessings? If you're really hearing things and it really resonate with you and make you free, I mean really make you free. No no joking. I mean, I'm talking about something you hear that you never thought of and it just resonates with you and just 
you almost want to scream when you hear it. Share that. Copy and paste the address of the program and send it to a friend. All right? And let them be blessed by the same thing that you was blessed by. All you have to do is copy at the very top, click on it, and that HTTP www, click on it, it should light up, and then right-click on it, which and click copy, select copy, and then go to a friend's um, uh, uh, tab on your phone and just hit, instead of typing them a, a text, just simply hit paste, and it'll paste that address, okay? Some of y'all don't know how to do that. I have to tell you, to you like that. The other, others of you, be patient with us, okay? Folks, listen, uh, over the years, I've had some of you write me, email me, and I want to continue you to do so by simply emailing me at the same email, Seth, S is in Sierra, E-T-H dot M dot, S M is in Mary, uh, dot Turner, T is in Tango, U-R-N-E-R. That, again, is Seth, S-E-T-H dot M dot Turner at Gmail. Email me if you are have any concerns about what I'm saying, questions about what I'm saying, or like a lot of you do, you just want to encourage me and compliment. Please forward those to us, and I will get those to myself or whatever co-host that you want us to get it to, all right? Folks, here we go. Well, let's talk about this book. Let's talk about this upcoming work. And again, I solicit your prayers because it hasn't been easy writing this book for many reasons. Sometimes I get to writing and, and um, my heart's get heavy. And that don't mean your heart going to get heavy because you're not going through all the things I'm going through uh, as I'm writing this book. But uh, I think of different things in my personal life as I'm writing. Uh, think about pain sometimes that I went through when I learned the particular things I'm jotting down. And I have to stop writing. That don't mean that's going to get on you. Again, this is, this is totally something that, that that's not even in the book. But sometimes the truths that set me free that I'm putting in the book, uh, before I got to that truth, there was some pain involved. And so, you know, it's it's just a lot to write this book. So I'm serious. It, it just as we do the book, just say a little prayer now for me. Just, just let's ask the Father there. Let's be in agreement that the Father will help me get this word out. Just go ahead and agree with me right now in prayer that the Father will help me get this work out. And then I will speak the words that he has given me and and, and, and and I would articulate what he has shown me uh, precisely as he has shown me. And it's we agree in Yeshua's name. Okay. So first of all, I want to hit a little uh, 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 further um, the definition, the definition. Um, like I say, brothers and sisters, uh, white supremacy is simply lies and it's serious lies and it's everyday lies that you hear some of you say and this don't have this have very little to do with this have something to do of course with white people of course because they benefit from the lies they get the white privilege from the from the system but they did not invent white supremacy i just refuse to give them that type of credit this is something has to be done by the Most High or Satan himself. And I know that the Most High wouldn't be the author of evil like this. I believe it was Satan that put this in the earth to divide and conquer men. And white people think because they benefit or because they get white privilege from it that they uh, uh, it is some good. And so they often is very passive to these lies, to these uh, 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 even to these uh 
Uh, um, let me say it like this. White supremacy is practice and action, thought, speech, and action. So a lot of whites, when they see white supremacy or, or even think of it in their own heads, when they think of it, speak it, or act some kind of way that promote it, they oftentimes, especially if they see others, they're very passive. They're not quick to rebuke it or correct it because they think it's some kind of way benefiting them and theirs. But I'm going to tell you something, brothers and sisters, and everyone listening. If Satan is the author, like I believe he is, white, so-called white people, and I say so-called because on this network, we do not believe that the most high honor race based upon color. This is total man construct. I use it so everybody knows what I'm talking about. But white people are not from Europe. White people are from Africa, just like everybody else. And they're Africans that lost pigmentation. Okay, we don't know what tribes they are from Africa, just like you. some of you don't know. But we know this. No life started in Europe. Okay, so. Um, but they feel that some kind of way they shouldn't speak out when they see white supremacy because they think they're benefiting. But I promise you, in the end, brothers and sisters, you're going to find out, they're going to find out, we're going to find out that it's more painful. It will be far more painful uh, 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 if they continue to be passive and think that there's something they benefit from uh, versus speaking out uh, because it's pure evil, speaking out because it's pure evil, especially if they call themselves believers. Instead of them speaking out on this evil and correcting these lies uh, uh, to help their brothers and sisters that may not be so-called white in order to, to protect their brothers and sisters from these lies and acts and speeches, uh, instead of instead of just showing love to their brothers and sisters that may not have their pigment. Uh, They are, again, in cahoots with or oftentimes initiating these lies and, uh, again, in thought, speech, and action. And so in the end, they are going to pay dearly. Lots of pain, lots of bloodshed, lots of setback for those that are passive and that are uh, conspirators with... uh, uh, or in um, accessories to these horrible acts of mankind. Horrible, horrible. So tonight what we're talking about, in addition to what I'm saying now, we're going to be hitting on uh, tonight, hopefully, uh, uh, racism in uh, foreigners. We kind of touched on it last week. Towards the end, I couldn't get it out. And so tonight I'm, I'm, I'm going to attempt again to talk about Racism with regards to foreigners, foreigners, people that's coming over here and that are making it very hard, not intentionally, just coming over here and just doing what comes natural, which is to oppress people of color under the system of white supremacy. We're going to be talking about uh, that tonight, uh, brothers and sisters. And I guarantee you, I'm not going to make a lot about foreign, foreign brothers and they too would be free, just like I was meant to be, so I was the father to do it to me. Father's not in the business of making people feel bad or uh, rebuking people just for the sake of rebuking them and making them feel 
bless them. He is the father like any other father. He wants us healthy. He wants us to walk in love. He loves two healthy uh, dialogues and uh, relating to each other in a way that's going to enhance us and make us better. That's what the most time is all about. So tonight, that's what the second is going to do. And I hope that you down foreigners to give them a hard time, anything like that. All right? I just tell them all in the background here. So, brothers and sisters, again, we do this thing solo on Sunday nights where I am at this time doing a special where I talk about the upcoming book. Again, what's the name of it? Speaking of the name, I'm so glad to think of it. The name of the book uh, has been changed. It at one point was called The Myth. Well, I want to talk about the old name. The new name is The Systemic Lies of White Supremacy or Our World's Rule Religion. Is it not? Is not this system of lies. And of course, systemic means it's something that's going to keep continuing. It's a deliberate, um, organized um, group, if you will, uh, uh, package, if you will, uh, of lies. A um, methodical a system of lies of whites being superior or not, is not this our world's ruling religion. I mean, some people may say, no, Christianity is our world ruling religion, or Islam is our world's ruling religion. But I don't know about that. Because I'm finding out that much of Christianity, as we see it today, is swimming in white supremacy. I mean, everything from a white image to uh, all you got to do is ask the average person to close their eyes. They're going to, first of all, start rattling off and, and just, just, just have them close their eyes and just envision what the Bible was like back in the biblical times and, and tell them to tell you what they see and hear. Um, they're going to, they're gonna, in most cases, they are going to tell you what they see, and it will be just a bunch of white people. And, of course, if you say, well, why do you see blacks in your mind, they look at you kind of funny. But in most cases, most people think that the Bible was full of white people, and so was Christ, and so forth. And there's something wrong if that's what it was. It's nothing wrong. If there's nothing wrong. Okay, hear me out, brothers and sisters. If that's what it was, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, now we can't put all our marbles on just how they look. We understand that, but I'm trying to prove a a major point here, uh, something as trivial as skin color is going to point to a weightier matter because if they feel like that is what the Bible says, there's a good chance there's more lies, and there is, because if, if they believe that, then oftentimes where they place people of color in history at that time is not a good place, and that's exactly what they have done. They have rewrote the Bible and uh, have positioned the people of color, uh, the so-called black people in the earth, 
uh, as servants and as, as peasants and as people without any, uh, almost, there wasn't even a thought of the Most High and our, our second thought of the Most High. And it's not true, but and they take it further and, and, and preach that they're supposed to rule. And they take it further to indoctrinate nations that they are superior and, and they're first and they're, everything they do is superior and that they convince nations through hundreds of years of deception and lies after destroying artifacts and things that point to the truth, they literally through propaganda confuse masses of people into thinking that some kind of way their existence is not as important or is sub or is uh, that they should turn to this to them some of white people, the so called white people initially in power with this white supremacy is at its highest peak, uh, probably not as high as people when it first started. So there is a danger, brothers and sisters. Again, I'm just kind of just going over some of the definitions, uh, elementary definitions, definitions one-on-one, if you will, of white supremacy. Uh, I mentioned earlier that it's a religion. I mentioned earlier that it has its own savior and that they take the true savior and redefine it. That's another savior. They take the true Israelites and redefine who they are. That's the new Israelite. They take uh, uh, pretty much any and everything of substance they have whitewashed. And so somebody has to uh, be called to to dismantle this white supremacy, this giant, I call it, that is really unchallenged, unchallenged by any major group or any major authority or any major educational system, or even the church, pretty much it's unchallenged. You hardly ever hear anybody challenging white supremacy. Here I'm talking about racism, which is um, the same thing, but uh, it's just talk, it's not as talked about the way we talk about it here at the Five Control Network, but they kind of hit and miss racism. They make it very shallow. But to go into the, the, to the depth that I'm doing tonight, brothers, is you're just not going to hear it hardly anywhere. So, why is that? Why is that something so d- damaging and deadly and just, um, I couldn't, an evil of this magnitude, why isn't discussed more in churches and in educational centers and churches? And why? 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 This is, this is what I'm saying. That's because that's, that's what makes it the threat it is, because it's not talked about, unlike lying, cheating, stealing, sexual sins, all these things is just, overkill people. Everybody's talking about those things, but very seldom you hear about white supremacy talk in a way where people are saying that most of us are walking in this. You don't have nobody say that. So even Dr. C.T. Gibbon and I had the opportunity to talk to for about two hours on the flight to Atlanta, and I just went back and forth, and one of the things he disagreed with me on, he said black people could not be racist because they don't have the power to be and take a sip of this coffee. Dr. Vivian believes, and so does uh, other people like Neely Fuller and a lot of the friend, Dr. Francis Chris Wilson and a lot of black psychologists. I've been hearing a lot that so-called African-Americans cannot be racist 
and I think nothing can be further from the truth. Uh, go ask that to somebody that's, uh, that so-called African-Americans have acted out, have hate, had, had hatred for, and did something to them. They're not going to tell you they ain't racist. If a, if a black, so-called black person hate white people, go and do something to a white man, especially take his life or something. You go tell that family that that black man wasn't racist. Don't let you like you're crazy. And uh, because pain is pain, okay? Pain is pain. And yes, black people can be racist. Yes, they can. Just because they have power, don't mean they're not race uh, 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 racist. Okay. Anyway, I won't hit that too much. But again, brothers and sisters, just want to just kind of talk a little bit about the definition because some of you feel like you're far from it, and. Um, I just want to uh, just share. I think I'll go a little bit more on this of uh, uh, how many of you really uh, are practicing this religion. And, uh, and some of you may say, "Why? Why are you on here talking about this? And what? What? What are you going to accomplish? And, and um, what does this have to do with my salvation?" And some of you have some very good questions. Let's just talk about that real quick. Number one, I believe with every fiber of my being that most Americans practice white supremacy. I don't care who they are, what color they are, especially if they don't travel and get away. And they don't have to necessarily get on the plane to travel, but if they don't just learn of other glories, of other um, uh, 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 contributions uh, to the world outside of white men, if they don't learn of, of the glories, the many beautiful, powerful, powerful things that so-called people of color have done before Europe was even a country, before there was any people living up in Europe, if they don't find out and learn not just what the pe- what so-called black people did back in the way back when, but, of course, the past, the present, and even what is to be done by these same people of color, if they don't have a strong revelation of that, folks, how can they not be white, a white supremacist? Please tell me. White supremacists mean they're just acting on a set of beliefs that says whites is superior. It's just simple and plain. Acting on a set of beliefs or, 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 or speaking on a, a set of beliefs or thinking on a set of, set of beliefs that whites are superior, do it better, do it faster, wiser, smarter, and it's primarily just because they're white. It's something that only white people can do. That is your, if that's what you're dealing with, and that's what you believe in your heart is what I'm trying to say, then you are practicing white supremacy. That's all there is to it. You hear it all the time. Uh, again, I'm trying to um, At this time on this broadcast, I'm just, again, uh, I'm in your house. I'm at your house now. And I'm trying to show you that a lot of things that you've been saying, uh, thinking, and acting on is is evil. It's pure evil that you, you listening right there, uh, you're acting on, you're speaking on, you you believe uh, is pure evil. If you think people that are so-called white is superior in any remote way, especially when 
they were born uh, initially out of dark-skinned people. As a rule, a child can never be superior to their own parents. That's just ludicrous. But some of you think white neighborhoods are better. Some of you think uh, white colleges, white institutions. Uh, first of all, you make the, the error in saying white colleges because a lot of times these colleges you think are superior because they're white has all types of Indian and African scholars and professors uh, teaching in it to give it uh, some of the rank it's got. So that's a lie right there. Nevertheless, you still believe that it's white and it's better, and that's a lie from the pit of hell. Many of you believe that whites are just smarter, and that's a lie from the pit of hell. Whoever apply himself to knowledge to a particular topic to a particular trade, uh, to a particular school of thought, that's who's going to know it. Not anything to do with their white. And if those of you that think this, a lot of whites are, are smart in colleges and so forth, again, that's a lie. It's whoever apply themselves, whoever really take the time and apply themselves and work hard will be the smartest, has nothing to do with skin color. But a lot of you think of somebody's Oriental, they're smarter, and they this or they or you know, because they're black, they're this or that. And this message is a lie. It's, these are social constructs. Uh, knowledge don't care. Knowledge does not care whose head it jumps in. Get another sip of this coffee. Coffee is good, brothers and sisters. So tonight, again, Brother Seth is here just talking about the book. Uh, this book, uh, I've been writing for a while now, and uh, just going to go through the table of contents really quickly, and uh, then we're going to just start uh, jumping around in it. Uh, well, actually, I take that back. See how sometimes I can get distracted. We will go through the table of contents, but then we will talk about forums, like I mentioned. Uh, we talked about it last week, and I think subconscious, I'm thinking I'm done with it. But we really only hit the last 30 minutes, so I want to spend the rest of this broadcast talking about foreigners, those that are coming over here for a better life, and a lot of times some of the lives that they have taught, and uh, either in their country or once they get here, okay? But the book starts off with the definition of white supremacy, ladies, okay, count some of the things I'm saying right now, but we make it even easier than that. That's how the book starts, and then I have a dedication. And uh, speaking of the dedication of this book, uh, I know this is not anything needy, um, but the, it is dedicated to my village. I started with my wife and children who we've raised, and uh, it is dedicated to, uh, again, my wife and children, which is uh, Kenny. Um, I don't like to say stepson, but when I met my wife, she had a son, Kenny. And I have raised him along with my um, children, Josiah and Lydia, okay? But I also want to uh, dedicate this book, or I'm dedicating this book that's to be written, to their children and their children's children, as the scriptures say, to a thousand generations, okay? And really to those also that recognize, I said to those also, uh, that recognize the urgency 
of this truth against the false religion of white supremacy. So those of you that really see the need uh, on this book and the urgency and listening to that you've got to get this out. Those of you out there praying with me, this thing be done, this is to you also, all right? And that is the dedication. That's what it's dedicated to. And then the acknowledgement, I, uh, acknowledge, acknowledgement goes to, first and foremost, the Most High, Yah, the architect of my life. I thank him for life and my breath to this very second. And the second uh, acknowledgement would be to his son, uh, who's the Messiah who came and died and rose again, presented himself, wiped, took away our sins, and is now ruling. I say he's now ruling. I said he's now ruling by the Ruach HaKadosh, which is the Holy Spirit, till his enemies be made his footstool. And that's out of 1 Corinthians 15 and 25. Whom also, I might add, I might add, will crush this idol, of white supremacy globally. One more time. This Savior, by the same Holy Spirit, the same Rakhakadash, I might add, as he rules, will crush under his feet this idol of white supremacy globally. We have some forwards that I'm going to get into because I'm not having to be happy to sign off on yet, but let me present some very key, key main people, some of you, some of whom you know, and some are just everyday people, uh, but a combination of some great people that are going to be forwarding this book as well. And I'm going to ask, um, in the preface, a serious question to you, the reader. And I went over this, I think the first show, when I had on um, Brother Troy, friend of mine, white, so-called white gentleman, I asked, I posed this question to him, and uh, it's the question, and in that purpose, I asked the question, um, well, I won't get into it, but, uh, if you look to the first show, you'll get a clue of uh, what happened when I asked Troy uh, the question. Basically, I just said, here's what I won't teach you, but the purpose had to do with a question I said I had for the reader, you, the reader, in this book that's to come. And the question had to do something along, I'm not going to get into it all the way, but it had. It was asking this question. Could you, brothers and sisters, are you able to survive a media campaign of hate towards you and your posterity? In other words, if the New York Times, that's a paper we all know, published lies about your family, just straight-up lies. Don't, they don't hold no water. Just lies about your family. And continue to lie about your family to the degree that it's painting a very gloomy picture of even the future for your family. The question is, could you and your family survive that? Could you 
and your family survive if the New York Times is flooding America with lies about your family's past, present, and future? Some of you quickly say, yes, 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 but I don't know about that. Because people might not trust your family. If you if they got everybody thinking your family is evil, your family is uh, criminal, your family is lazy, your family is a part of why America is something the way it is, and they really poison America about your family, I don't know if you can survive that. That's kind of uh, a little bit about that preface in the preface I want to ask you the question. I say some other things, but that's kind of the how the book starts, because that is exactly what has happened to African Americans and people of color all over the world. White supremacy has, with a broad brush, went in and destroyed any and everything on this planet that really tells the truth about our past. Our meaning the planet, the planet's past. Anything to talk about how it was, a substance, hieroglyphics or metaneta, uh statues, sculptures, anything, they have went in and changed the very landscape. So much so now, when you say something that's true, people... Nations look at African Americans and go, they're crazy when we start saying some of the great things we've done or some of some others, other nations of dark skin, of dark hue people, when they talk about their glory, peoples of the world, people of the world now look at them as though they're lying or hate white people or something like that. That's how sick this world has become with this. That's why I call it a religion because it's global. Folks, Again, like I said last week, if you, one of those people popping in and out of this blog and not really listening, driving the road, you're working, you just can't really pay 100% attention. I said this to, to last week and I'm going to say it again this week. If you don't understand what I'm saying, you're still fuzzy and saying, I don't understand where you're going with this, brother. It's very simple. What do you think the Father would have you to do or me to do? If someone goes throughout the earth and redefines every thing of substance, not every tiny thing, but everything, every defining authority on the earth, there is these people that go throughout the earth and they redefine everything, people, who they are, what they're about, by way of hiding uh, these secret societies, which is 90% in Europe uh, among white males. That's what that's what a secret society is, just secrets that they are holding. Uh, I would probably say 99% of the, these uh, uh, secret societies. And I'm going to throw hate, I mean, I'm going to throw uh, think tanks in there too. Uh, again, white people holding back information, hiding information, lying about information to brainwash billions of people. If you're just now popping in, like I said, into this broadcast, 
What do you think the Father has to say about people that have done that so bad, so much, so it's almost like walking throughout your life with eyeglasses on? You know when you wear a pair of shades, let's just say a pair of shades. It changes every single thing you see. You're telling me the most high is not interested in it? You're telling me I shouldn't be on here blogging about that? When it for sure damages your relationship with the most high himself, it damages your relationship with your husband. It damages relationship with your children. It damages relationship with strangers you don't know, especially if they're white. It or even if they're black. I mean, this warped vision of looking, this warped view of the world damages everything. Here's a good one. It damages how you relate to yourself. You're telling me, and I've heard people tell me over the years that this ain't important to the most high. I don't know what else could be. If something... I mean, we see it all the time, brothers and sisters, all of us. You know, it's one thing to tell a lie. It's other thing. It's another thing to see something in a warped way, in a, a controlled way. Somebody, uh, it's really witchcraft is what it is. And, and and they have you seeing things in such a way that you just you constantly. Act in sin because you're acting in deception. You're constantly being uh, suffering the effect of sin because you're suffering the effect of a lie, of deception. You're telling me the Father's not interested in those people being delivered and free? No, no, no. That's why Brother Seth did what he did. That's why Brother Seth is writing this book. Just to go on. And I talked about the preface. The introduction, I talked about a giant that I had a vision of. That's in episode two. This is about the eighth and ninth episode uh, on this blog show, on Blog Talk Radio. We've been talking about this book again. I went on the one book, one time. It was called The Mist of White Supremacy, or Our World's Covert Ruling Religion. But now, of course, we've changed it to the systemic lies. Still a myth, but the systemic lies of white supremacy are our world's ruling religion. I dropped the word covert because in some cases it ain't covert. Some cases, in some cases it's in your face. So please forgive me with a little uh, book change title. I'll go ahead and throw to many of you. But we're still talking about the same book. But I wouldn't talk about this, uh, in the introduction of Giant Spider, one time seeing a day vision, and, and uh, that has come to here about their babies, but I won't get into it now. But chapter one talks about how this thing works, this white supremacy works. And I'll hit it a little bit tonight. We'll hit that a little bit more later. The mechanics of white supremacy also in the same chapter. Again, how it works, the mechanics of it. And then also in the same chapter, uh, we call it proof of clear and present danger. And that is something called the Expo 30, Expo 30. Expo 30. There's 30 areas of life saturated with this idolatry of white supremacy. 30 areas like education, religion, uh, 
even I go, I break it down to uh, things like beauty, entertainment, uh, even even things such as correction and rehab, prison system, military. I break it down into a bunch of different groups, and I come up with 30 areas, 30 areas of life, 30 areas uh, of, of existence and our day-to-day existence. Uh, saturated, I do mean saturated with white supremacy. Pretty much, if there's people breathing, if there's people re- interacting with each other, there is white supremacy, especially in the West, when countries headed or ran pretty much by white males. But really, all countries, because even a lot of our countries led by dark skinned people, they oftentimes uh, have. Uh, information and and the media, their local media is saturated with the West. Whenever you invite the West in like that, you're going to get that white supremacy. And so some of our biggest white supremacists are, again, foreigners. I'm going to talk about that a little bit after I take a break. But just going right through the chapter, chapter two talks about institutional racism. This is going to be very interesting. This chapter is talking about uh, the church. Uh, Straight up, racism in the church. You can see tapes such as snow. You can hear it every Sunday. It's crazy, crazy lies that handicap and hinder and hurt people. A formal education, uh, be it high school, college, elementary, uh, again, saturated white supremacy. Also in culture, it's everywhere in culture, my goodness. And then the media, etc. That's chapter two. Chapter three, we talk about so-called African Americans as victims of white supremacy. This is the most common knowledge people know about us so-called African Americans being victimized by. That's nothing new, but it's still I'm going to hit some areas and some points and some things you probably never heard of. And then chapter four, so-called white as victims of white supremacy. How can that be? Very easy. I'll tell you, white supremacy is authored by Satan. And uh, why do you think they're a beneficiary? to the naked eye right away, but in the end, they suffer. And this this chapter, chapter four, might be the, one of the, main, the best chapters in the whole book, America, is full of white people. Um, this book, this chapter right here is amazing showing how even though people are going around saying they're superior in the end, uh, they are victims and they do do suffer with the capital S. They suffer for the doctrine, the philosophy of white supremacy, white privilege. They suffer. So when I say white privilege, no, that means no, they suffer. Believe me, they suffer to the degree that when you hear this, uh, broke down in chapter four. I guarantee you, possible sorry for what you ever have in your life, and you will see the dangers of your so-called white person. You will see and really, really, really start talking about some of these things I talked about because you will see the danger uh, that's facing you and your family and threatening y'all's um, peace. All right, that's chapter four. Chapter five, foreigners. I just chose to talk about tonight. I jumped into chapter five, but. Um, Foreigners really is chapter five in the book. Of course, we're talking about it early on here uh, for the show. In chapter six, uh, we're talking about how genuine 
good humans can believe evil lies and become like devils. One more time. Chapter 6, talk about how genuinely good humans can believe evil lies and become like devils. One more time. How good people can believe evil lies and become like devils. And that's what happens to a lot of people, not just white people, but a lot of people buy into this lies, these systemic lies of white supremacy. And when they do, they can go out and do some devilish things, some devilish things that make them look just like they're pure devils. And that's not true. They just believe pure evil doctrine. Just like in back in the day whites would hang us and taunt at us and you know, just do horrible things to black people, uncomprehendable things they did to us. Well, that's what happened when you get a whole adoption of white supremacy that say you're not even a human. Uh, so we're not even a man. So these types of things uh, covered in Chapter 6. Chapter 6, again, just shares how all so-called white people, people, um, are not necessarily devils, but that they actually are good people, but they believe evil things, evil lies, and they have become like devils. Chapter 7 is the solution, solution, plural, for victims of white supremacy. Solution for victims of white supremacy. Right? Brothers and sisters, after that, I do a, what I call a conclusion, chapter uh, 14. And uh, chapter 14, uh, bear with me, everybody. Uh, chapter 14 pretty much is, um, is a conclusion where I pretty much encourage the listeners to get involved some kind of way with promoting the truth that's in this book, which is nothing really more than the scriptures. I'm not saying nothing new under the sun. I'm not saying anything new. There's nothing new under the sun. But um, folks, that is the table of contents, okay? I'm going to take a little short break, and then I'm going to come back, and we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to nail down um, uh, these foreigners. Uh, uh, I shouldn't say nail down these foreigners. What I mean is we're going to talk about how foreigners have uh, influenced um, how, how, how foreigners influenced by white supremacy have come to this country and have just pretty much extended the oppression of so-called people of color by the philosophies of white supremacy. Again, the systemic lies of white supremacy. All right. So again, I want to thank you for your time tonight, brothers and sisters. Very. It means a lot to me to some of y'all stop by those who are in phone lines, press one if you want to get in and ask a question or comment. Don't forget, you're listening on the Internet and you want to ask a question. You've got to call that number in front of you. You see the number there, the, the, excuse me, the 914-205-5590. Again, it's 914-205-5590. That is is how you get a hold of tonight, all right? Folks, 
We'll be right back. Just take a little short break, and we'll be right back, okay? This is going to get interesting. Talk about foreigners. Um, again, love, much love for, for our foreigners, for those that come to this country. Definitely, definitely. Know that just Bubba Seth over his Fox phone network ain't on no hate. Definitely ain't on no hate for nobody. This is the love network. Like I say, every, 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 on every show at the end, I love every single one of you, and there's nothing you can do about it. So please don't associate nothing I talk about tonight with hate. I ain't on it. That's not me. I ain't no down with the white man, black power, none of that. I'm not with that. I'm up with humanity, and I like to think, and I hope and think that I see all of you with the most high for you, not based on a color, which is a social construct simply created by man. Another idol, worship. Another idol to be worshipped by man, color. Us against them, no such thing. We'll be right back, brothers and sisters.
What's happening, brothers and sisters, to be very, very honest with you, <laughs> it's, it's, it's warfare. I mean, no, no, really, it's warfare. And um, you hear the music pick up. A lot of people think it's just got to do with the speed of the music and praising the devil out or something like that. But that's not what that song is really saying. And I kind of wish Ron Cannoli could have talked a little longer. Of course, you can't preach during the middle of a song but when he said let's go up now he wasn't talking about just singing the devil out he was talking about in your heart basically let's make the decree and let's speak and speak the words you know our, our earth was i said this last show but our earth was birth birth literally created through words and um brothers and sisters what ron canola was saying was very it's very powerful song uh, going up to the high places have to do with dealing with uh, entities and strongholds and thousands and thousands of year old uh, 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 battles in the spiritual realm, uh, turf war, if you will, uh, good and evil, uh, evil spirits, fallen angels and angels not fallen, Holy Spirit and truth and secrets and knowledge release. It's all about knowledge and lies, and it's about hiding information because the 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 number one thing that's what this all what's this all about is is the human will, is mankind's will. Once the enemy get a hold of man's will, um, that's it. It's over because when if man could see the truth uh, of everything, they'll see the love of the Father goodness and what he really intend what he intended for man once mankind see that they are going to surrender over to the most high everything and that's it that's the end of the ball game because mankind will call on the most high the most high will show up mightily and satan's play days is over and he cannot afford the kingdom of darkness cannot afford for that revelation to take place. And so there's all these secret societies hiding information, blocking information. The Bible talks about when ministers or the word goes forth and anybody, the truth goes forth, there's enemies coming to steal that word, causing people to forget or causing things to happen in their life where they adopt the word. For instance, you can hear a word about healing, a word about Maybe something that's to do with your children. The first thing happens when you get home is those children act up because you're a novice. You haven't quite gotten a hold of that truth yet. And so the enemy will cause your, 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 the, if you're praying about someone, you just got some knowledge on something. A lot of times it will cause that particular area of your life to act up to cause you to doubt that word and to throw that word out. And, and instead of saying, you know, I'm, I'm new at this, I'm a novice at this. I'm keep on learning and keep on claiming the victory. One day I'm going to be able to 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 uh, to, de- to decree this, and it's going to instead of the enemy knowing that 
it's going to take a while for that truth to germinate. He'll cause your son to act up if you're trying to believe God for your son or your daughter or your relatives. He'll cause them to do something stupid. And then you're not equipped to, to fight them off yet just to, just to show you that their words you got uh, from church or from the brother or sister is a joke. I'm telling you what I know. It's, it's warfare. and People just have a hard time believing that's what this whole existence called life is all about. Uh, the will, the human will, and and because once we will to live this life uh, uh, in compliance with the Father, and we call Him to our lives and our hearts, and our minds and our spirits, we we surrender all of that over to Him. And that's it, folks. He is going to come like a flood, and the enemy is in trouble. So this is the biggest, the enemy's number one fear. I don't even, it's got to be the number one fear of Satan is the will of man. When he get enough information to turn, how did if he get enough information, he will turn to the most high. The enemy knows that. And I think that's what this whole life is all about. And so that's why your brother's on here tonight attacking this group of lies called white supremacy. Because if I can attack uh, again, what Satan is after, again, the will of man. If I can attack the will of man, I mean, if he can attack, let me slow down, slow down, slow down. Okay. Like I said, the number one job of the enemy, I believe, which is not the number one job, it's got to be up there. It's, it's got to be hit one of his highest priorities, is to get us to bend our will uh, 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 what he's what he don't want is to us to submit to the Father. Uh, or us, he don't want us to even see the will of the Father, the love of the Father. I think this is what this. If somebody say, "What is this life all about?" If some young person ever came and asked me that, "Hey, old school, what's this life all about? What is Satan really? What is his number one fear? What does he want? What is he after? Why does he bother us?" I would tell them this, the number one thing I think, and it's probably somebody can come on and say, no, it's this, but it's got to be the top five if it's not number one, and that is he does not want, the Satan and his cohorts do not want us to see and know the love of the Father, because once we see the love of the Father, his true intentions towards us we are going to give our lives 100% over to the Father and turn everything over to him and trust him. And, folks, once humanity does that, that's it. This earth is over. You might as well just bring on the millennial and everything because it's over because we're going to cry out to the Father. And the scripture tells us to cry, come, Lord Jesus. We're going to really cry out that he come, and he is going to come. And I believe that if mankind, whenever mankind collectively, because uh, the Father does not own the authority in the earth, the Father owns the earth in the fullness of love, but he don't own the authority. That's man. When, when man takes his authority and his will and he calls out to the Father, he is coming, brothers and sisters. And that's it for Satan. It's over. Might as well just, just bring out the white throne judgment. I mean, it's over. And so I believe all these secret societies, all of these secrets and the deceptive uh, philosophy of white supremacy, they're going throughout the whole earth and redefining everything to make slaves of men, all of what white supremacy is about, really and truly, 
It's to divide man up based upon race, and it's superiority thing that white people think is some some little cute little gift for them. It's white privilege, not realizing that Satan don't care about you or your white skin. In the end, your children and you gonna suffer dearly, just like uh, so-called dark-skinned people suffer. There's no winners in white supremacy. So. I believe if somebody asked me, Brother Seth or Uncle Seth, what or cousin Seth or whoever, coworker Seth, what do you why do you think Satan is after mankind? So I think it's to it's for his will. All spirits want to dwell in bodies, including the Holy Spirit. It's one thing all spirits have in common is a body. It's a body. It's a body. It's a body. He wants to get us Whatever we do to not see, truly see the love and the intentions of the Most High God, because once we do, it's over. So white supremacy is see white supremacy is just one of his tools. He used sexism. He used uh, age, the youngest, the old. He used his religion. It's all types of tools of the enemy. It's all types of tools. White supremacy right now just have to be one of the most successful tools. Okay. And so tonight, tonight, Brother Seth, again, has been talking about this religion, this ideology, this tactic of the enemy to, again, divide humanity and uh, cause us to shipwreck with our relationship with the Father. Many of you think the Bible is a white man's book. Well, he got you. Many of you think the Bible is not true. Well, he got you. Many of you, so there's a lot of problems. Uh, there's a lot of uh, pain. There's a lot of setbacks birthed out of the lies of white supremacy. So tonight, hopefully, y'all have gotten uh, some answers, uh, uh, especially the first half before the break, the various things. I want to hit a little bit more on foreigners like we did last Sunday, and then we're going to wrap this show up again tonight. We're going to talk about foreigners the second half here, okay? But I want to just, first of all, say to the foreigners, again, I love every single one of you, and there is nothing you can do about it. Brother Seth, they hating on you for being a foreigner uh, coming to this country. Uh, but I want to just kind of ask you a question. Why are you here in the first place? What brought you here? Okay? I'm talking to those that came here under distress. You say your country is, you know, the money is not there. Talk with a gentleman today from Congo and some of the wars over cobalt uh, and, and rubber and all of the vast minerals they have there in the Congo. That's Africa richest soil. I think that Congo, center Africa. I mean, that's just that's just top de la cream of Africa. They say Sierra Leone, but Sierra Leone got diamonds here and there. That doggone Congo got everything. So he's here and we're talking at church today, or work fellowship today, and and same thing. You know, he's here, foreigner, uh, because basically his country is in shipwreck because guess who is there trying to get the cobalt? Europeans and Americans. And so they do business with people in the military and in the government secret uh, deals. Of course, the government of Congo ain't, ain't buying that, but they have people that go bad in the government. Not necessarily the president. The West is always knocking these presidents. Not always the president. But somebody in the government and some politicians have made a, a way for Europeans to come in there 
uh, on the, in the black market and, 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 and steel and steel is cobalt and other things to in, for enrichment. They probably promised them $2 million or something. I mean, could you do it? You know, we knock Africa, somebody, oh, they leaders are so corrupt. Would you be corrupt? Somebody asked, offer you $2 million? What if they said, I give you $2 million. If you don't comply with me, I'm going to kill your family. So we don't know what it's like to sit on that kind of wealth. You might be doing the same thing they're doing, especially if they start threatening your family. And all you got to do is shut up and allow them to come in with those all across the water on those ships and boats and get that cobalt and get up out of there on those private planes. You might just say, you don't know what you'll do because we don't sit on that kind of resources. But anyway, he's here. He's here. And uh, he's uh, just going through a lot of uh, – you just explained to me. And so I would like to ask the foreigners, why are you here? Why are you here? Okay, so if you talk about the West and what they've done to your country, why are you going to come over here and act like these white people are angels and that this is a better life? How can you say America is better for you, America, America, and you're all excited when they, in most cases, have caused pain? I know he's in the cold in the, uh, in Congo, but it's no different than folks in Mexico. They have resources too. Oftentimes, people that come here have resources in their country, and it's been ramshacked by the West, and that's why they're here in the first place, put for a better life, because we don't turn their country into a war zone for the mess, for the, for, the, for, the, for, the, for the jewels. So here they are over here, and <laughs> brothers and sisters, do you see this? These are foreigners. They come over here thinking this is a better life, and they treat them so-called black people with this attitude, like, how come y'all didn't, and this is what they say. I'm just telling you what the foreigners say, especially Africans. They have a beef with the African-Americans because they say, why aren't y'all, do you have degrees? Why don't y'all have knowledge of your um, country? Why don't you, why don't, not knowledge of your country, but why don't you, why aren't y'all educated? Why don't y'all have masters? And if I live in America, I would have a master's. And they do come over and they come in, they, they do get masters. And they saying it was so easy for me to get a master. So watch me. So they look down on blacks. This is what I hear all the time, all the time, all the time. That's why foreigners have beef with so-called African Americans that we're not educated, we're not doing better in this country. And they come over here, and next thing you know, boom, they're wealthy. So they're looking down on us, and they're listening to all these lies. And then a lot of them are briefed about African Americans. And I see a hand that just went up. I think just went up. I just looked at my computer again, y'all. When I'm doing a solo like this, I don't always look at my computer, so I didn't see the hand. I think I know what this is, but I'll come to you in a second. But again, uh, 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 folks, foreigners uh, have been the victim of these lies and deception. And some of them say, no, they're just wicked. No, I don't believe that. I think they deceive, they're lied to. And they do come over, and it does look like we're lazy. They do see black people on welfare. They you can't lie. They do see us tripping, but they don't know the story. So those of you listening tonight, if you happen to be a so-called foreign, you listen to the Fossils on Network, just consider what your brother says, like Paul told Timothy, and the Father will give you understanding in all things. Just consider what I'm saying. It may be hitting you in the face right now, but just consider what I'm saying. A lot of y'all come over here because your country has been uh, 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 ramshack by the West in some kind of way. It can be through sanctions where you ain't getting no play, no action, no nothing, ain't nothing moving in your country. You may say, well, we don't have a bunch of resources like the Congo, and we come here because we have nothing. Yes, but America can do business with you across the waters. 
But like Noam Chomsky say, there is no such thing as international trade. Pretty much international trade is nothing more than America trading with whoever they want to. They dominate those waters. It's not an international waters where anybody can do business back and forth like some equilibrium. No, it's not true. It's a monopoly over the waters. Noam Chomsky points out that brilliantly. So you need to know that your country is pretty much some kind of way affected by the greed of the West. The West, meaning U.S., America, and definitely basically white country. You need to know that. While you're over there worshiping white people, thinking they have such a great country, just know it's like this giant barn of stolen goods. That's all it is. So you come over here and you're impressed by all the things you see. But it's, it's, all, it's as though some people took it upon themselves to go throughout the whole world and just steal, 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 and they bring all the stolen merchandise here. And that do mean stolen people uh, by way of flirting with a lot of the smartest uh, uh, brains on our planet, courting these minds to come to the West and do business and teaching our universities and, and, and giving the red carpet and, and these kinds of things. And uh, that's what has happened. So that's what's happening. You're seeing a country with stolen goods and stolen people. Now, you may say, well, you can't say stolen. came with voluntarily. Yes, they did, but they they give them benefits that hardly any human can resist. They bring these young students over and put them in these colleges, and these colleges go to America because they haven't seen that kind of well, and they end up being doctors, and they just stay over here. So, yes, it is stolen goods and stolen people. And you're seeing the might. You look, you're seeing the, 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 the smartest people in the world come to the West, be it your, your countries or America, and give their, their, their best effort, the brightest minds, and you're seeing all this power in one one you know, in one setting, in one group, in one one nation, and you're impressed. You should be impressed. But what are you looking at? You're looking at a lot of people stolen from your country. You should come over here with the attitude, like some Africans, that you're going to make as much money as you can and send it home to build your infrastructure. But now some of y'all come here and you forget all about home. What does that say about you? I'm not trying to put down nobody. I'm just saying, let's go to the phone lines. I've said enough here. Again, in terms of the Fox News Network, brothers and sisters, again, on Sunday nights, brother said pretty much go solo. And I just uh, just share with the book, and we just take calls from time to time and look like we got a hand that's up. Um, Erico 682-452, go ahead. You're on the air. I'd love to know your name and where you're calling from. I think I know who this is, though. Hey, what's going on, Brother Seth? Hey, man, who is this? Brother Elishua? Yes, sir. I'd love to know what you got to say on anything I've said tonight. Go ahead, Brother. Your line is open. And just what you what do you have to say to the people? Uh, well, I think that you've hit it, and I think that what you said, but I think that the greed goes both ways. The reality is that most Africans, most Asians, most people from the Philippines and other places that come to America, because remember, there is over 70 different, there are 50 countries in, in, in Africa alone. So that doesn't count the countries outside of Africa. But for some reason, they choose the United States of America to come to. They could go to anywhere else on the planet, but they choose America. And I don't think that that's just like a coincidental thing. 
I think it actually con- confines with scripture. I'm reading here in Revelations 18, it says, For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed, are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. Most Africans that come to the United States come for one reason alone, and they come for prosperity. And that is the lure to them, and that's what brings so many people from all around the world, because we are the nation that is symbolic of wealth and prosperity in the world. And that is what their draw is to them. And, um, of course, they don't get treated like us. Uh, An African coming over here can go to the bank and get a business loan for a quarter of a million dollars or half a million dollars to open up a business, just like an Arab can do the same, just like somebody from Iraq can do the same. Because the issue is, is that America sees us clearly, but we don't see her clearly. America sees African-Americans people who are the descendants of the European transatlantic slave trade, they see us as their enemy. And they are no way going to empower their enemy, especially economically, to whether they could rise above them. They have the same sentiment as Pharaoh did when, when the Hebrews began to prosper and grow in numbers. And their fear was that if a nation came against us, these people are going to join forces with that nation and come against us. And that's the biggest fear that America has of us is that, if we somehow come to power, we're going to somehow seek revenge and treat them the way that they treated us for the last 465 years. And we have proven that that is not the case, but yet that is their fear. And so a lot of people come to America and they're seeking the prosperity and the wealth, and they take on the same mentality. They're no different from white people as far as I'm concerned in that sense because the, what drives them, the motivation and the intent, is the same thing that's common to basically the people who the ruling class of this nation. And that is wealth and power and prestige. Uh, I was riding in a lift one time with a driver who happens to be of African descent. And we stopped to do something because I had put in that I was going to make a stop quick. And I forget what the guy did. And I said, man, why do y'all people come over here and treat us like that? He said, excuse me? I said, you heard me. I said, so I'm paying you. So that's why I'm going to speak my mind. I said, why do y'all treat us with such bias and such disdain and contempt? And he's like, what did he do? huh? And he was like, what do you mean? I said, sir, I speak very clearly. What did he do? I articulate my head. I said, why do y'all do that? And he said, no, Tell no, no, sure. I, I'm not that. Uh-huh. What did he do? I, and that's the thing about it. At, at this point, I cannot even remember. I think what it was is that he was rushing me or something, and he was literally on the clock. So I'm like, why are you rushing me? Because it simply says you've been paid in advance. You knew in advance that I had put into the system that I was going to make a stop. But yet you're rushing me. He says, yeah, well, I'm out here running air conditioning. I'm running the business. I say, well, that's part of your business. That's part of the expense of your business is that you trans people in an air conditioned vehicle. For some reason, but you're pushing me and you're rushing me. And I said, and you're talking to me in a way that, as far as I'm concerned, it's not even professional. And I said, man, I said, the problem is, I said, I'm going to speak this. I'm going to say this to you. I said, because the fact is, is that this is in common with almost every African that I've encountered in, my, in the history of my sojourn here in America. And I said, wow. and I can understand why you feel like, and I can, I can feel like, I can understand why you all of a sudden have this feeling of elation that you're better than us because you're treated better than us by this system, by this government. You can come here, you can get a, you can get a loan, but we've been here, we work, we built America, but yet they don't want to give us, they'll give us a loan for a car, a depreciating item, they'll give us a loan for an education where we can be propagated to think like they think, but they won't give us a loan for a business. 
I said because they don't want to empower us, but they, yet they will always, they're very willing to empower you because they understand that you feel the same way about us as they do. And I said, and I said, I don't mean to, I said, I don't mean to come down on you all. I said, but reality is reality. And I said, and that's another concern because really I just went in on a, I went on a rant because I was so irritated by it. I said, out of all the nations on the planet, whenever y'all seek refuge or seek to go someplace, you, why do you come to America? Why don't you go to other nations? There are other wealthy nations on the planet. Why come you always choose America? I said, because America is that very visible symbol to the world that we are a nation of wealth and riches. And that's what you come over here for. And I said, and then you come over here and you take the same attitude of our oppressors and treat us with contempt and disdain. I said, I don't figure. I don't get it. And I said, I know you don't have an answer for it because you don't want to owe up to the fact that your draw to America is that you saw a better life. I said, there's nothing wrong with that, but don't come over here thinking that you're better than us because we're not in the same state that you're in. You haven't went through what we went through in 465 years. You haven't went through the dehumanization process. They didn't rape your children. They didn't separate your families like they did us. And they don't make every means and every attempt to keep us from being empowered like they do you. They give you power. They give you access to wealth, but they won't give it to us because they see us as their enemy. And I said, and that is the distinct difference. And I said, and the reality is true. Yes, your head, many heads of African nations have sold out the commonwealth of the nations because of backdoor deals that they deal with Westerners. That's why come China has such a big stronghold and a big foot in Africa right now because they come in and they went to so many of the heads of states and made backdoor deals with them and giving them kickbacks and to the to the, to the impoverty of the people. It's no different in Iraq in 1953. In 1953, Iraq hit the I mean not Iraq, Iran, Iran had the largest producing oil wells in the nation. And what happened is that the British came over there, they set, up an, they set up there, but they didn't employ any of the people in Iran. So when Mohammed Masjid came to power, he disposed of that ideal and he took the oil wells back. And then the Americans got involved, declared a coup, and had a democratically leader thrown out and ousted so that they could put back in their puppet who was basically giving them and giving them the oil at a discounted price. So it's no different in that sense. And as you were saying about the, 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 the enemy, when you were saying, talking about Satan and what his attempt is and how he utilizes white supremacy, I always tell people when you think of white supremacy, it's synonymous with the beast because that's just what it is. It's just what you saw that day when the Lord gave you that vision when you were standing in the middle of downtown Fort Worth. What he showed you was a beast. That beast just happens to be colored white. And the scripture clearly says that Satan knows, as a matter of fact, I wanted to start my comment with saying, if you go look at the Euphrates River, there's a scripture in Revelation that talks about how that when the Euphrates River dries up, that there should be three demon spirits that are going to come up out of that beast and begin to wreck their influence upon the world. Well, guess what? In 1970, 19, oh, God, maybe 1994, mm-hmm. and, you go look at the, and you go look at the river, you go look at the Euphrates River right now, it is almost dried up. All the surrounding land around the Euphrates River is dried up and parched and broken. So that's still we at the last time. So why did I say this? Because the Bible says that Satan knows that his time is short. And he wants to take his, and he knows what is, his, what is the conclusion. He knows what his destiny is. And he wants to take as many people as possible with him. And that is exactly what he's done now. He's, infer- he's infiltrated every aspect of American culture and society. 
when I was calling you, I was going to call you. As a matter of fact, what made me think about the show tonight is that I was sitting up doing some research on Satanism and hip-hop, Satanism and politics, Satanism and entertainment. And I came across something that I found very interesting. So I was going to, I actually texted you and said, hey, are you at work? And then it occurred to me, wait a minute, no, it's Sunday night. Seth is doing a show. Let me call in and, you know, listen in and see what's going on. But the fact of the matter is, is that the Bible says that there's going to be a remnant. And Jesus said it like this. He said, broad is the way to destruction. And, few, and he said, and many enter therein. Then he contrasted that immediately and said, narrow is the way to eternal life. And few enter therein. So I was giving my cousin an example. I said, take a quilt, six by six. Um, Seth, I don't know if you, if, 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 you, if you were living when your grandmother was living, but when my grandmother, as you know, I was raised by my grandmother. And my mm-hmm. grandmother actually was a, my actually was a shirk. My actual grandmother was actually a shirk crop there one time. And then they moved up here, and my grandfather got a good job, and things changed. And, but I remember she had these quilts that she had quilted with her own hands. And they were patches of old clothes. And literally, the Lord gave me a vision, and he showed me what is a, he said, son, what is a remnant? Let me show you what a remnant is. He said, take your grandmother's quilt. It's six by six, six foot long, six foot wide. He said, now look down at the edge of one of the corners, and you see that there's a string been raveled loose. He said, son, that's the remnant. He said, the rest of the quilt is going to hell. I was like, whoa. Okay. Now, 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 hold on, 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 hold White supremacy is not a phenomenon that's only common to America. White supremacy is a global, worldwide, ideological, philosophical phenomenon that has impacted the world. Just to give you an example, Seth, you are a well-traveled, well-traveled man. You travel to almost every continent on the face of the planet. Now, isn't it ironic that the country that has the greatest population of black people also houses the, the, the tallest, biggest statue of white Jesus in the world. That's white supremacy. If you go to Brazil, you see the same thing. Many people who are missing, they've seen it. The, the big, tall statue of Jesus with his hands out. And that nation is populated by people who are black and brown. Because the ideal of white supremacy is that white is right. And when, and when white supremacy connected with religion, it gave white supremacy a sacredness that literally has now influenced and imposed other nations of the world, and especially the foreigners as well. Because when they come over here, let's think about this here. Mm-hmm. They come over here, they're African. Why do so many of them marry white women and white men? Hmm. It's real simple. Because they become the victim of white supremacy, because they think white is right. I feel with rights leaders. Many of those leaders fought for justice and righteousness for us to compete and to involve themselves in the American dream, in the American experience. They were not actually seeking for autonomous 
uh, ways in which Africans, Americans and express themselves and hold continuity to our community. No, the only way you were able to grasp those riches is that you had to assimilate into the vast popular culture, and the vast popular culture is defined by whiteness. So you have people like uh, Sidney Poitier, James Brown, Richard Pryor, all these men who spoke against the evils of white supremacy and their diatribes and their comedy and their art, but when they chose for a light partner, who did they choose? A white woman. Because what that did is that gave them credibility within the white world, so now you accepted places where you wouldn't be accepted if you were married to a black woman. So let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. So let me ask you something. Foreigners, yes, uh, they, they at your, they're they're at our stores. There, talk a little bit about the hair weave, the hair industry owned by um, Filipino. Uh, just the foreign, just hit that a little bit, because I know you can go deep into these people that come to our neighborhoods. Why do they not like us? Now, I told you, I mentioned earlier how a lot of them say, because y'all not taking advantage of the benefits of this country. Y'all lazy. Y'all can get degrees. What's y'all's excuse? Well, no, that's, 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 that's their assumption. I know, I know, they I, know, like, they I, feel, know I know. They feel like everybody in America has it. But here's a good example. You talk about these storefronts, uh, corner stores. Keep in mind, stores. keep in mind, keep in mind from the angle of being influenced by white supremacy. Go ahead. Right, right. So what happens is what happens by the time they've gotten here, many of them, from what they've seen on their TV, from what they've seen through the Internet, they have now – as a result, they have this built-up image in their mind of what blacks in America are. And a great deal of it is informed, was informed prior to the Internet. It was informed by people who left America and went to other nations. And when they had their discussions or whatever in regarding to black people, they always spoke little of us. Even Hitler himself said it himself. He said that God is going to judge one day. America, because they have they have kidnapped and they have held hostages God's gems. Well, when I first read that, I was like, why did he call us gems? Then two or three days ago, I'm reading in the prophets, and that's the exact thing that the Most High referred to us as his gems, as his prized jewels. And so what they do is they learn racism against black people via America through the media and through the people who, who, who go there. And so literally, I lived, in, I lived in a neighborhood. It was an all-black neighborhood. I never will forget this incident. I went to the store. The, 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 the guy who, run, who opens the store, who's running the register, is the nephew of two uncles, two brothers that own the stores. These guys are Iranian, I think, or either Arab in the store. I'm standing in the store five minutes, and I'm waiting for them to give me some attention, you know, from where I can make my purchase or whatever. And these guys just ignore me. I say, excuse me, can I get some help? And they just keep on, and one guy's on the phone. So I leave the store. I go across the street to the other store, make my purchase, and I come back. But me being a purchase of conscience, there's just certain things I just can't, I can't blow off. So I went back in the store, and I asked them. I said, can I ask y'all something? They're like, what? I said, yeah. I said, if y'all don't like black people, why in the hell do y'all always set up shop in our neighborhood? I say, we are the one who patronize your business. We put your children through school. We buy your expensive cars and your homes. That comes out of our pocket, but you treat us with disdain and contempt. Why do you do that? 
She said, man, you need to go. I said, why don't you just answer my question? I said, I came in this store and I spent five minutes here. I got y'all's attention and you just totally ignored me. And I said, and until a white person came in, you didn't even give an attention. I said, what is up with that? Why do you have such disdain for us? And I said, and if you don't like us, why don't you get the hell out and go set up shop somewhere in Westover Hills? Why do you set up shop in the black neighborhood? I said, because you're no different than our oppressors. You have the same mentality, and you walk with the same degree of white supremacy as they do. And I said, I'm leaving the store. Dude went to, and I do move towards me. I said, don't put your hands on me. I'm leaving the store. Now, this is a true story, Seth. I'm not going to exaggerate one point. Dude grabbed me. When he went to put his hands on me, I grabbed him, and the owls are short. They're not tall. They're maybe five feet tall. I grabbed him, picked him up over my head, and threw him three owls over. Put my, your hands on me. I meant that. I was proceeded to continue to walk out the store. His uncle's no. What happened is when I grabbed him and threw him over, I ran right behind him and jumped on down and on him. I had my hand around his neck. His uncles are beating me with broomsticks and a broom handle. And the Holy Spirit says, you need to let him go. Because if he dies, they're going to say that you are the one who was the aggressor. Let him up. I let him up. I leave the store. I leave the store. When I walk out the store, I am literally now almost in tears. And I said, Holy Spirit, what was that about? The Holy Spirit said, you just got attacked by three men. Do you have any scratches on you? Are you bruised anywhere? He said, son, when you fight for justice, I get in the fight for you. Now, about three days later, I'm walking to the store. I see the nephew. The nephew steps to me. I don't even think he sees me. And I'm looking at him as I'm walking. But, but, but he evidently had seen me when I first came around the corner. He stops me. He says, he says I don't know if he called me brother or he called me dude. But he said, I'm sorry about what happened. I'm sorry about the actions that my uncles and took. I was wrong in what I did to you. And basically, you were writing what you said. And he said, if there's anything you need out of this story, you let me know. I got you. And the reason they treat us that way is because they have been taught, right? Even in other nations, what we don't know is that in African nations and other nations, they so idolize white people. Because think about it. If you're looking at the news, if you're on the Internet and you see the only people who are doing all the great prospering, the people who are ruling the world, that they are white, you can't help but to have some form of type of way of thinking about these people. Are they special? No. They're not special. And this is the point where most people don't like to hear somebody like this say on a radio broadcast. No. They are just like Judas. Yahweh knew what Judas was going to do before Judas ever showed up on the scene because he was doomed and destined for destruction. People who oppress the people of the world, if you read through the prophets, it clearly says, and they don't want us to be delivered. They don't want us to come up because you know what the Bible says? about those who have taken into slavery and oppressors. And now we're talking about foreign nations and foreign nations who capitulated. Because I'll tell an African in a minute, remember, it was your people who first took us into slavery. And you took us into slavery for no other reason that you were jealous of our prosperity. Because even in captivity, well, when we were exiles and we were on the run, let, God let still me, blessed let, us. Let me, let me hop in here. 
again, uh, I'm sure some people are saying, why is you letting that call go on and on? Brother LSU is normally a co-host, and uh, even though I do this Sunday night thing, if a co-host call, I normally kind of let them go back and forth, brothers, it's just so y'all know. Another hand go up, you probably won't get this much time, just know that, but appreciate y'all being on the phone lines. Press one, I will bring you on to join us if you like. If you're in the chat room, you have a question or comment, go ahead and type that, and we'll get to that question or comment as soon as we can. But LSU, you're saying a lot there, and I just want you to comment really quickly. And I want you to keep going because this is interesting because I know I was I got a list of things here to talk about with regards to foreigners, and I like to hear your list. Uh, but very interesting. I'm glad you uh, told me that the guy came and apologized. I'm sure people are thinking, well, wait a minute, this brother jumping on people with the Holy Spirit. But but listen, they were wrong. I think based upon the information you're sharing, I think they were wrong. And so I'm so glad that that happened. But let me just say this. You made a comment just then. You say they don't want us to come up, and I think it's about the Africans. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't, I don't know that they no, I won't say they, the Africans uh, don't want I, – I didn't mean I didn't mean the Africans don't want us to come up. I'm saying that that these people, regardless of whether we're – whether we're, we are, they don't want us to come up because the fact is that these people know – many of these people, especially these preachers, they know the Bible better than we do. And they understand that in the scriptures, that when it okay, comes hold on, to the hold time on, hold on, for hold on, hold on a second, hold on a second, because I want to stay pointed. Who are you saying don't want us to come up? We're talking about foreigners under the influence of white supremacy. No, 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 Who not foreigners. Want... See, foreigners, most, most foreigners, in other words, they know by reading and history and what they've been told in regards to what has been the relationship between African Americans well, and listen, white people in America. Listen, for the record, because we're in that crunch time now, so listen very carefully. I want to stick with the foreigners being infused with white supremacy. I ended the last show with it, and I promised the callers I will go over it. We're talking about foreigners coming here. We got a lot of different types of foreigners, a lot of different types of behavior, a lot of different things they do to us, and people are listening who might be foreigners, and they probably say, tune in. I, I work with some people from Egypt, and I see racism in the comments they make. I, I found out. Had co-hosts on uh, the white gentleman I had on uh, Troy, and I'm sure he's listening tonight. Troy talked about some racism between Eritreans, Ethiopians, Eritreans, same people against African Americans. He was shocked by it, you know, yeah. because again they're listening to the yeah, white. And, and it's, it's, it's something that they com- it's something that they communicate. Like again, here's a good example: John Clark. I wish he was on this. I wish he was on the show right now. As a matter of fact, the reason why he hasn't been on the show the last few days. The last two shows is because John has made his transition back to Nairobi, Kenya, and that's where he's at. I spoke to him yesterday, and and one of the, the oh, stories that John okay. told me I found was very interesting. John said that he was outside one day and he saw these little kids playing basketball, and these little kids were listening of all things. Here they are, thousands and thousands of miles away from America, but the music that they were listening to was guess what, hip hop. And oh, he wow. said he was amazed. Now, think about this here. Here are children in Africa, thousands of miles displaced from America, and they would listen to the music and playing basketball, and guess what they were calling each other? Nigger. Huh. How did Africans become aware of the word nigger? And the impact huh. that that word has, because that's white supremacy at work. 
as we said, it's a global phenomenon. It is not just common to one particular geographical region. It is a global phenomenon. And I go back to my point, the reason why it's global. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. You know how after, you know how they first got it? How they first how white supremacy began to be imposed upon these African nations and First Nations? It started through colonialism. And the, and, 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 the, and the people who were the greatest promoters of colonialism from the 3rd century all the way to the 18th century, that's who it was. Now, hold on. i gotta, I got to say this. i got to say this because I'm letting you just kind of roll with this. I'm just taking a break from talking and drinking some coffee to tell you the truth. And I'm enjoying it. <laughs> let me say this before I take this mic back from you, at least for a little while till you have something else. But listen, i got a question for you. Somebody's saying, and I'm going to let you go because I, I, I'm – I'm enjoying this. Somebody said, now, how is, I know the answer to this, but again, people listen, man, they not, some of them might quite not get in this white supremacy uh, definition. How are you saying, because some Africans call each other niggas, that that's white supremacy? Because I know the answer to that, but I want you to say it. Well, the re- I know where they get the term from, because they listen to hip-hop music. And hip hop. So how is that white global. supremacy? How is that white supremacy? So what happened is that you think about this here. I'm gonna connect, but I really want to go back to one real quick. Connect this real quick. It's when, 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 when hip hop uses the word nigger towards each other, and they respond towards each other. All of us in America know that that is nothing but the but but the how can I put it the the debris that is left from our experience and slavery, and into Jim Crow and whatsoever, that term nigger. So we understand that literally when we look at hip-hop, that if you come to hip-hop, and let's just say you have a message, and it's, very, and, it's, and, like you, like, and it's a very positive message, well, guess what? They're not going to give you a contract. But if you, do, if you say things demeaning towards other black people, like you call women, black women, bitches and hoes and things like that, then you get a contract. So what you have now is you have the residue of white supremacy via hip-hop that's now been transported to Africa. But actually, if you really want to go back to the beginning of how Africa learned white supremacy and became victim up to it, it started actually prior to colonization with a thing called the Catholic Church. Because before the Catholic Church, before the, these, the European countries would go in to colonize these African nations, the first people they would send in were the missionaries. And for a lot of these black people, they had never even seen white people. And then these white people come with this book, this Bible, with this righteous message in it, and now all of a sudden that really elevates the estimation of white people. And to add to that, they had white skin, which was different. It, it was odd to even see white people, and exactly. so That's why the I first, they had never first, seen thing, first thing you see, first thing you see when you see somebody that looked that different is they're either lower than you, or they are superior to you. In Tanzania right now, they're saying they're superior, and they're they 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 killing them and taking their body parts and offering them. Some people, not all, and Tanzania is into this stupid stuff, but the, it is true that a lot of albinos is dying. Most albi- Tanzania have more than anybody in the world, and because these people are turning out white, they are mistreating them. So you either feel like they're superior, like they're doing in Tanzania, or you feel like they're inferior and you mistreat them. Either way, it's called you yeah, mistreat them. Yeah, and when you combine them. that with but what? I, so, what so, image so did they get? Take that. Hold on, hold on. So if you take 
this strange looking person and I know that I know it's a harsh saying today, but again, this is when the world was pretty much dark. And you send these people that were missionaries these missionaries, they look different. Even today they look different. And and it just it's just it, it it's easy to buy into a lot of white supremacy. Go ahead. And this is what the thing that this is the this is why I come um, okay, hold on a, a very I just got a message from Blog Talk Radio. We have 90 seconds. Again, those of you listening to the program and you clicked on a link, you didn't call the number. You clicked on a link. You must call the number now quickly, quickly, because we're going to roll over just a little bit. And if you want to hear what LSU and myself are saying about foreigners and white supremacy, you need to call the number, 914-205-5590. The number should be right in front of you. Just call that number quickly. You got about 60 seconds now, 914-205-5590. Those of you on the phone line, stay put, because if you hang up, you will not be able to get back. Go ahead, LSU. And so when you connect that with this is the most devastating effect on Africans in terms of the mentality in the area of white supremacy, because guess what these missionaries told these Africans? God is white. And then when you look, and then when you look at the wealthiest nation on the planet, and it's white, you put two and two together, and yeah, the divine is white. And as a result, white people who look like God, they prosper. That's not complicated. That's an easy conclusion because they went in there and told these people that God is white. And then if we proceeded through the years, then they begin to give a theology that said black people were cursed. And I even heard Jerry Savelle, not Jerry Savelle, but what's the guy uh, out of New Orleans, the preacher? Jimmy, oh, come on, Jesse Duplantis. I never will forget one day he talked about how black people had been taken in slavery and how God was going to use that. And everybody was like, even I heard black people who were like, oh, they were moved by that. I said, but don't you understand that he's using white supremacy? He's doing the same thing Tim Copeland used to do. One day God told me a secret about you black people, and I'm going to let you know. He's doing the same thing that Kenneth Copeland was doing. And he was saying that, that everything we went through, God is going to use that and God is going to bless us. You just have to give your life to God and submit to God. Well, we were submitted to God before you came and got us. So the fact of the matter is that the reason why come Africans, Arabs, and everybody else in the world think that the divine is white is because white people from America told them God was white. And, and while people don't know in the history of it, do you know that there were no pictorials of the Messiah until the third century, until the beginning of the Catholic Church, and then that's when they begin to depict Jesus as a white man? If you read Acts chapter 17, you'll find what I'm telling you is true. That was highly condemned. Scripture says that the image of the divine is not to be depicted with, with creations of human hands. And so when they gave, took that white Jesus over there, and that's why I come in Africa, the blackest nation on the planet, you got a 50-foot white Jesus. You go to Brazil, the next of the blackest planet on the earth, people on the planet. Hold on, hold on, you got hold on. Another... I missed that. I missed that. I missed that. Where's the 50-foot? Huh? Where's the 50-foot Jesus? It's in Africa. I think it actually might be in Kenya or it might be in, I know it's in Nigeria. In Nigeria. Oh, okay, okay. And this is what's crazy. Did you know Nigeria is the most prosperous, advanced nation in Africa? And with their advancement in the middle of their city, they have this big, huge statue of a white Jesus. If that is not psychological 
disease, a psychological sickness that everybody on the continent is black. And when you statues, and when you erect the statue to represent God, it is white. That is white supremacy at its height. And so when you bow down to worship, you worship a white God. You can't have to have nothing but honor, respect, and esteem for white people because you think that they're made in the image of God. And so when you come to America from a corner, you come over here, now you're in the land of opportunity, the land of promise, because you're around all of these white gods. Yeah. All these people yeah. who are made in the image of God, because God, after all, is a white man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and not to mention, not to mention, LSU, that was good. I appreciate you. Uh, not just me taking that break there, but just hearing that you share. I'm sure you got a little bit more. But let me just share one more thing, a couple more things. Then I want to see your final, and then we'll wrap up the show. But I want to talk about something really, really serious uh, along these same lines, and that is skin whitener. Mm. It's it, a mm. billion-dollar industry. I was at American Airlines. Many of you know, maybe you don't know, but I work for freight freight department and uh i saw some on the ground and i been down to pick it up and i didn't realize that this piece of freight i walked by it's probably about five feet by five feet that's pretty big pretty pretty big piece of freight again five feet wide five feet high five feet long just imagine a, a, a square and huge you know five feet is pretty high and these little packages was no more than about an inch long and maybe half an inch wide. So it looked like a little, you know, a spark plug box look, not a little spark plug looks in a box, LSU. Yes, yes, yes. I have my phone muted. Yes, I know exactly what you're speaking of. Yeah, like a spark plug in a little box. You know how that look. So imagine a box that big and it's full of these little boxes look like little spark plugs. But they weren't spark plugs. They were skin bleachers. Skin bleachers. In other words, you buy one of these little things and you put it on your skin and whiten your skin. And guess what was going? It was going to Venezuela. Uh, 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 hold on, let me get it right. It was going somewhere in South America. We ship a lot to South America. I want to say Buenos Aires, but I'm not sure. But it was going so I remember I remember saying South America, and I did some research on it because that really troubled me. I don't know if y'all understand what I'm saying, but we're talking about maybe forty thousand units in that one box, about forty thousand little boxes in that one gigantic box. Think of five foot high, five foot wide, five foot deep. Think about that, and those little tiny little packages. Skin bleaching going to South America, and I, and I did research on it. Do you know that's a, that's over a billion dollar industry? And I was talking to somebody from Africa, and they say, "Well, it's it's in Africa." And I say, "Oh no, you kidding? No, you kidding?" And they told me, and I looked they it up. Are the and great, I read the, they are the they are the largest consumers of it, sir. Africa is the largest consumer of Away. Now, where do y'all think that come from? If that ain't white supremacy, so. Is it any wonder they're breaking their neck to come over here where they can be side-by-side by by white people? There's nothing wrong being side-by-side white. This ain't no hatred on white people. 
again, they're just the beneficiary. It's the, 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 the crime is against the philosophy. It's the philosophy of white supremacy. So if you listen to the show tonight and you're white, it ain't no slap in your face. You're just benefiting from something that's going to eventually cause you pain, I might add. But and that's why you need to correct these people when you see them, Mr. White Man and Mr. White Lady. That's that's how you can get the judgment of God off you for those of you swimming in white privilege. You need to rebuke this when you see it and say, hey, no, 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 no. You know, skin is skin. God does not care. And talk about the beauty of dark skin. Why are you trying to change your dark skin? It's beautiful that you're black, black, or blue, black, or whatever it is. You know, that's what you got to do, brothers and sisters, that classify yourself as white and just not walk around here soaking up all this white privilege uh, from our, from these people. Ignorance. Go ahead, LSU. Something that this is a phenomenon that is nothing new. And actually the phenomenon with the bleaching, that's a new aspect of it. But you talk, we talked about Africa and we talked about uh, Brazil. What many people were probably not aware, unless you just sit down and read history books on it, uh, there's a guy named Henry Louis Gates who has put together a very wonderful videography, what's uh, um, what I'm looking for, uh, documentary on, on blacks in history, and he covers Brazil. In Brazil, during the turn of the century, what white people did is when they went to start to colonize Brazil, they actually brought white people and paid white people to come to Brazil and to mix with the natives in an intent to lighten the skin color. Now, this is documented history, and it also happened in Cuba as well. And so that in itself, and the same thing happened in Dominican Republic. And that's why I come, when you go to Dominican Republic, if you just keep traveling across the island, you're going to hit Haiti. And the people in Haiti are dark as, are dark as the night, but the people who are the African descendants in the Dominican Republic, they look, they have like what you would say the same skin tone as a Hispanic. But guess what? Those people's ancestors are the same. They actually came over on the exact same boat. The difference is that the people in the Dominican Republic, their, 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 their particular work and field was cattle. So they mixed with the slave masters and mixed with the people there in the land. And mixed with those Spaniards. But when you went to Haiti, there was no mixing. And so you actually have the same two different people, two different skin colors. And then when you talk about this bleaching, I was literally reading an article about Serena Williams and how this woman, this other tennis uh, player, had stuffed stuff in her breast and stuffed stuff in her shorts. In other words, to, 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 to uh, uh, how can I put it, make a joke. Of Serena image, of Serena Williams, her image, her body image, and many people start calling her racist. But this is the degree of self hatred existed among African Americans. The whole tennis franchise, the tennis establishment, turned against this white woman and said that she didn't need to repent because what she did was racist, and she did that to make a mockery of Serena Williams. Guess who came to her aid? Serena Williams. Who? Now, guess what? If you go look at Serena Williams' pictures 10 years ago and look at Serena's pictures 10 years now, at present, you will find Serena Williams has been heavily using bleaching cream. Bleaching cream. Her skin tone has changed. There's a, ba- there's a baseball player, because it does not happen among black people. What is it? I, th- I think this guy, I can't think of his name, famous baseball player. 
dude was my Soto, color. Soto, uh, Soto. Uh, yeah, uh, and now you see uh, him. He looks like it. He looks like an albino because he used ble- skin bleaching. People, it's real simple. If you're using skin bleaching to lighten your skin, that means you don't like yourself. That means you hate your image, and you're not comfortable in your skin. And the reason why you're not comfortable in your Sammy skin Soto. is because you have become Sammy the victim Soto. of white supremacy. Huh? Ella Shore is Sammy Soso. He has changed his life. Sammy Soso. Yeah, exactly. That's what you're right. Sammy Soso. And when you see him, he looks like an albino now. But when the man before he started, if you see a before picture, he was darker than me. So, and again, I say this to people, that when you use bleaching screen to lighten your complexion as black people, you have to understand that psychologically you don't like yourself. You're not comfortable in the skin that you're in. And the reason that you feel that way is because you have become the subject and victim of white supremacy. Because white supremacy has imposed upon you a thing of whiteness, as whiteness is right, whiteness is supreme, whiteness is pure, and black is the opposite. So therefore, in order to assimilate into the culture, you have now taken aesthetic attempts to lighten your skin complexion, not knowing that that is so sick and it's so foolish, because guess what? Skin lightener, is skin bleacher, is not going to make you white. And that's why I come in such a high-selling product. Because our body, our body reproduces cells. Therefore, it reproduces melanin. So that means you got to keep using the stuff to keep your skin light. And that's why I come in such a big booming industry. I thought weeds was just something that was coming to America. But I found out in Africa and other dark-skinned nations, a lot of women use weeds. Why are you putting weeds in your hair? Because you want the same texture as white women's hair, not knowing that that strong, nappy hair on your head is actually healthy and in a healthy state, and that light, strong, stringy hair that white people have is actually weak. That's why they have to wash it every day. I'm not trying to condemn white folks. I'm just giving you biological facts and how these biological nuances have worked their way into our human activity, into human psychology, and made a great deal of the planet hate ourselves. We don't love ourselves. That's the reason why come we can't come together economically and network and build for our own because we think the white man's ice is just somehow a little bit colder than the black man's ice. If we only knew what Seth is trying to do through this book, it is a deliverance process. It is to set you free from the bondage of the most strong, as demonic power force on the planet, and it's called white supremacy. There's nothing more satanic on this planet that exists more than white supremacy. White supremacy is synonymous with the beast. Amen. Amen. And I said this, and I've been saying this, thanks to you, that encouraged me even more at saying this, and I said even more. If you walk in the Spirit, you're going to become in the image of Christ. And I'm talking as though I got it together. I don't. As a matter of fact, I'm probably mostly a hypocrite because I don't preach. I don't live everything. I, I don't think nobody does, but I really don't. And probably no more than the next person. But I'll say this much. If you can live after the Spirit, you're going to be made in the image of Christ. If you don't, you're going to become a white supremacist. You're going to be practicing it sooner or later because it's the dominating default system. 
By default, you're going to become a white supremacist because that's if you don't expose yourself to other schools of thought outside the white males. But if you live in America and you're born in the West and you do not travel and go expose yourself to other schools of thought and how to look at other ways to look at God, other ways to look at uh, uh, just the world, uh, other ways to look at culture, other ways to look at black people, other ways to look at yourself. I mean, I'm just. I mean, if you don't, if you don't break outside this, this barrier, this mindset, this, this, this world created by white males, where they reinterpret everything. If you don't break away from that, how can you not be practicing white supremacy? So, if you, the only deliverance is for those that may be born in Africa, born somewhere, and they don't have a TV or no access to the West. They may be an exception to the rule, but as soon as they come into contact with other Africans that's influenced by the West, they're going to get that white supremacy. So the only people that's an exempt from this is people born in the bush, people that have nothing to do with any type of mass media that never see TV. They're not influenced. But if you live in this world, maybe some Chinese can claim that because I know a lot of them disconnected from the West. Maybe some Muslims can, can claim that because they disconnect from the West. They hate the West. But if you're not in that band of people, you're influenced by white supremacy. And, folks, the only way you can be set free from it, you have to, you have to walk in a different mindset, and that's the kingdom of the Most High Yah. So that said very often, I'm going to say it again in closing here, if you're not led of the Spirit, foreigners I'm talking about, tonight and really everybody if you're not led by the holy spirit you just come to america america you're practicing white supremacy and you're harming so-called people of color and really and truly you're harming white people why we may benefit with this white privilege but in the end as you see they're being hurt they're being harmed. People don't like them. People hate them because they see this white privilege. They feel bad. They have guilt. Now they're trying to rewrite everything because they so they look so horrible. Their kids don't want to be white no more. A lot of their kids want to be black and and, and and is identifying with people of color more to the to the to the to the heartbreak of a lot of their parents. So in the end, this false balance, this idolatry, this religion. It's hurting white people. So foreigners, those of you who come to this country, you're not originally born here, just know this is an evil. This is pure evil being that you're practicing. Uh, you may not practice it every day, but when you see us, what do you think? It's, it's influencing what you see. It's almost like wearing a pair of eyeglasses. It influenced almost everything. You see, Ellis, your last word, please. We can wrap this up, man. But you, I appreciate you coming on, man. You said a lot of key things I could not have thought of, and I always appreciate your contribution. Like I, said, right I appreciate the show. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. I think it's. I think that um, I listen to a lot of shows over the year on Blog Talk Radio, and I honestly say that your show provides people a very well balanced picture. Um, some shows are too radical because they lean too much from white supremacy. They lean over to black supremacy. Not that that could ever be a reality within this particular age, but they do. And I would leave people with this little thing. Most High spoke to me years ago concerning my children. And he told me, he said, the greatest thing that you can give your children is not a college education. 
He said, the greatest thing that you can give your children is a belief and a confidence in themselves. Give them a healthy, strong self-esteem. Because the only reason why other cultures, especially white cultures, excel so well in many areas is because they come out the womb knowing that they are a privileged class. And that privileged class gives them a lot of belief and self-confidence in themselves. The greatest revolutionary to ever walk on this soil was not Martin Luther King. It was not Malcolm X. It was a man by the name of Marcus Garvey. Because Marcus Garvey was the greatest threat to white supremacy directly head on than any of those. Remember, civil rights just wanted to get along, to be alone with the white people and their nation. But Marcus Garvey came telling people, you have a heritage of greatness. Your ancestors were kings and queens. You are the color of God. You are made in the image of the most high divine creator of heaven and earth. Black man, that's who you are. So I tell you, it's real simple. There's two ways to overcome white supremacy in your personal life. The first step is what Seth said, is get into the kingdom. Seek the most high. Because when you understand that the kingdom, the kingdom will crush all other kingdoms, all other systems, and it is a system of eleva- elevated above all other governments. And when you get into the kingdom of God, you understand that we're neither white, nor black, male, nor female, but we are one in the person of Yahawashat HaMashiach. The second thing is, is that if you are a black person in America, you need to learn your history, not so much for you, but if you have children, you need to raise those children with that sense of awareness so that when they go out into this white world, they already have self-confidence and belief in themselves and the belief that they can do anything on the planet. I just sent my daughter off to college last Sunday, and she left with a healthy sense of self-esteem and a great awareness and consciousness that I am a black woman. I come from a line of strong people. My grandmothers raised the children of the white people. My grandfathers and great parents built this nation. We laid the infrastructure, and we have no reason to walk around with our heads down. We walk around with our head up and our shoulders squared, knowing that God has deposited us all and everything, and that he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine, because we are made in the image and likeness of God himself. I have a blessed night. I love all of you. Powerful, 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 brother. Always, always, always enjoy your delivery, man. That was good, that, especially that last word, girl. Appreciate you, brother. Likewise, Seth, likewise. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, we're going to get on out of here, brother. I, I really can't come behind that too much other than to just say I hope y'all heard that. And remember these shows, you can re- rewind and record. Hear us out tonight again, speaking out against this religion of white supremacy. I'm Brother Seth. Y'all remember tomorrow, Ella Shore will be joining us along with the panelists and uh, other panelists. And we'll be talking about current events, Hebrew Israelite perspectives on current events. You can hear that same gentleman tomorrow night and uh, on the Five Sons Song Network at 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. Join us tomorrow and then again on Thursday, Thursday the same time, 8 o'clock standard. Of course, you know, the next week it'll be 11 o'clock. We do 11 o'clock on Sundays and then Mondays on Thursdays, 8 o'clock. Love every single one of y'all, and there is nothing you can do about it. I'm going to go out um, with a song I think that um, 
I always try to put a lot into the first and last song. Before I go, I just want to remind everybody that um, uh, I think I said it at the beginning of the show. I can't say it enough. Please follow us, brothers and sisters. It's it's so important. You know, I've noticed we still have getting a few more people following us, and I don't want to uh, uh, stop. I'm going to say it every every show. Follow us, brothers and sisters. It's very important, okay? Um, <laughs> I mean, you'll get a, a message sent to you every single time uh, we do these shows and and I think about doing some specials coming up next week because I don't I didn't get a chance to even tell Ella Shaw, but next Sunday, actually now I think about it, next Sunday, uh, I won't be able to do a show because I'm going out of town. I'm so glad I thought to say that next Sunday, seven days from now, I'm actually leaving to Atlanta, and then I'm going to go up to Boston and go see a friend of mine. And so um, just thought about that. So glad I thought to think about that. But So it won't be a show next Sunday. It'll be a pre-recorded show most likely. Monday and Thursday of next week, probably the same thing, a pre-recorded pre- um, um, pre- show. So anyway, y'all enjoy us tomorrow and Thursday because it's going to be a week before we start doing live shows again because I will be on the road heading up, uh, up that East Coast to Boston and Philadelphia and some other, other cities, okay? All right. So hopefully y'all was blessed by um, what you've heard tonight. Good night. See you tomorrow. <laughs>